0: It's flame, the hottest podcast on the internet. All right, some uh, tasty uh, dark yacht there, yacht more from Santana. I'm sorry, you're going to get some of the green effect today because um, I think this, this camera that I'm using has, it doesn't like blue. It's not a fan of blue. Because when I go to the green screen, um, this becomes the background. Man, I got some bags under my eyes today. Look at that shit. How was everybody? Wow, what a weekend. What a weekend. By the way, that was some tasty dark yacht, wasn't it? Stormy. Who is the vocalist on that? Was that, uh, I think that was Greg Walker on vocals. One of the many vocalists that have, uh, Grace the stage with Carlos Santana, who I think has still not recovered from being vaccinated. I think he got, uh, he got zapped and he hasn't been back. Canceled his tour. You would think that somebody like Santana would get it, right? You would think that. And obviously that is not the case. This is a guy that grew up in the 60s started his own social media network. I mean, basically, he created a kind of a spiritual version of Facebook. Um, this is when he was like way out there and into, uh, into Metatron. And uh, he was, I am a beam of light in the mind of God. That was, that was his thing. And then he gets a vaccine. How does that, so how does that score up against like the esoteric, knowledge but if you're a beam of light in the mind of God what kind of God would tell you to get a vaccine I mean that just makes absolutely no sense at all no sense I mean if you know if God was really uh, whatever God Carlos santana is uh, attuned to you'd be like Carlos don't take it do not take it take that shot don't take that shot you would think you would think that would happen and if Carlos Santana's God is saying oh go ahead Carlos it's okay it's okay my my supernatural powers to alchemize the shot and uh, help 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 you transcend its darker and lower nature, we'll be fine. Just trust it. Trust it. Trust me. Didn't work. Didn't work. Anyway, here we are. We're back from the event. Wow, what an event. You can tell I got the sandbags under my eyes because it was a long weekend. But it's one of those weekends where it's long and exhausting and thoroughly um, satisfying, you know what I mean. Long, exhausting. It's like you've just spent kind of everything you've had in a way that was good, not everything you have in a way that was uh, taxing, right? It was. It wasn't like that at all. And uh, I would say, without and look, we've had some great events. Trust me, we've had some great events, but I would say this one is just hit the top for a number of reasons. David was uh, fantastic. Um, He gave a great talk. His DJ set was freaking amazing. Uh, Just, you know, everybody was dancing and sweating and losing their minds, it was so good. And then we had um, so many other activities we had our game show on Friday, guess my sign. It was a lot of fun. That was good. Of course, you guys probably saw the Friday forecast, where you got to meet some of the people who were there, uh, some old faces, some new faces. It was really, really, uh, incredibly special. Um, and then on Sunday night, we 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 did the karaoke, and I was hoping you know we we throw some yacht tunes in there, but you know I, I'm not I'm not a big rule guy when it comes to certain things. So if you wanted to sing something other than Yacht, it was fine. It was like, you know, if you're gonna get up there and sing, you you get to pick your song. And we had some really good singers. Uh, L.A. Bliss, wow. Just knocked it out of the park. She did Samantha Sang, Emotion, uh, Emotion, Emotion, it hit every single note, including the high notes. Uh, Evan Grimm did a fantastic version of a Third Eye Blind song. It was great. A gal by the name of Devin, out of nowhere, picks his Patty Loveless song. And I'm like, holy shit, you're, <laughs> you're in the wrong ville. You shouldn't be in Kerrville. You should be in Nashville. It was fantastic. And, I, and of course, we had 13-year-old Kate who went up there and she, she sang uh, Jefferson Airplane, but you want somebody to love. Well, that was her first tune. She, she came back for an encore and did Seven Nation Army. And just, again, you know, blowing everybody's minds. And the and then the final singer of the night was Lara, Lara, Pedrida Pebbles. And she did a, a Brazilian tune. Oh, my God. It was spectacular. You know, she's, she's Brazilian speaking Portuguese. And she did this Brazilian song, which was just phenomenal. Everybody was like, "Ah, oh, what a night! What a night!" David sang it too. He sang Van Morrison on the sunny side of the street. That was that was entertaining. It was very entertaining. And uh, I even got in on the act the the little Space Oddity by David Bowie. I think I did all right. For, for at the beginning of the night, I had no voice. I was trying to say, I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to do this? So I played the MC for most of the night, so I, my voice could, I could talk and try to get my voice into a, a place where I could get some pitch. And I, and I think I picked the right song with Space Oddity. It was good, it was a lot of fun. Oh, Carol sang. Carol sang uh, Blood, Sweat and Tears, When I Die, fantastic. It was a great, great, great weekend all the way around. And then we came back here, On uh, Monday for the after party, we had probably about 45 people over and we barbecued chicken and sausages and, uh, you know, oh, look who's here. Look who's here. Now, don't go up there. Why are you going up there? All right, you got to come over here. Come over here. Come on. Get over here. I got some chairs in the room and he went up on one of the chairs. It's the uh, pussy pope. I swear to God, he was—he he, he, come over here. Get over here. Come on. Get over here. You can like, jump over there. He was—he was holding court. Uh, when people came over, they were like, he was like a mafia don or something. Yeah, that's you. Come on, get over here. There he is. The Astrocat is back. So everything is complete. Did you like all the women that were paying massive amounts of attention to you? Huh? Did you, did you enjoy that? I bet you did. You seem to be very happy. Yes, you did. Jasper hit the lottery in this lifetime, I think. I know you hit, you hit the cat lottery. The cattery, yes you did. Anyway, I can't say enough good things about this year, and we've already got next year lined up. Um, and I'm going to, you know, I don't often do this because I'm not a big sales high pitch guy. But um, there's going to be eclipse in Kerrville next year, and uh, the rooms are selling out very fast at all the hotels uh, around Kerrville. So it's part of the the eclipse cycle for uh, October, April. It's a precursor to the April eclipse. And they're both running right through Kerrville. So we're gonna have our event on the eclipse weekend. And there's, also, there's already a block of rooms available. So um, if you are interested in attending next year, I highly recommend you reserve your room now because they will go. Uh, I know this for a fact. And they're gonna be more expensive than this year. It's the way it is, everything's gonna be up because of the eclipse in Kerrville. You won't be able to find a place to stay. So I'm I'm not trying to pressure you or anything. I'm just giving you the news. That's just the way it is. And uh, hopefully David will join us again next year. I'd be delighted if he could. So I wore my Megalodon right there all weekend long. Do you wish you had one of these? I bet you do. I wore it because our friend C.C. Uh, Jones was not there, so I wanted to have her there with us in one form or another. And I got to tell the Megadon story a couple of times. Look at you. You're back in your domain. You are, the, you are the king of the internet. I don't care how many other cats are out there on how many other shows, because there, there are internet cats. There is only one Jasper. Look at him. There's only one Jasper. Look at those eyes. He's staring right into your soul. Okay. Um, Guess who else was at the event? Our good friend Chris. uh, True hemp science. And people got to meet him. And guess what happened to Chris? He sold out of all of his product. All of it. And um, the moon dust went, everything out the door. I mean, he left with, with a few bottles of things and, and uh, that was it. We had, and it was a, it was a great opportunity for people to uh, to sell their, uh, their products, to their wear, show people what they can do. Uh, our good friend, Carol, uh, brought her spirit stones and she sold, you know, a bunch of spirit stones. Uh, Lady Artemis and Bubba showed up and uh, they brought their uh, astrological at- uh, rings and tarot rings. And they did really well. And even Ryan brought some of his uh, woodworking stuff. And I think he managed to uh, sell most. I, I, I didn't have, but I think he sold a few things. So it was great that the community supported uh, what we were able to do, and a uh, new person, Yvette Kinchin, I think she came through David's Portal, and she probably, I don't know if you saw her or not, but on Saturday, she came up, and um, she, she's an author. She has a, a book on uh, one of Hay House's, I think, sub, not a sub-label, sub but a division of Hay House, and uh, she got, she's, so she's a published author, and she talked about her book, and she put a few copies out there, and I think she sold a few copies of her book. So, yeah, you know, that's always a cool thing to do too, uh, to be able to support the people in our community. Uh, but but Chris just he 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 didn't, he left with hardly any product. So let's get into uh, a little True Hemp science here, just to remind you. And I'm hoping, I think the next thing that we're going to get from Chris is the, uh, you know, we're we're making life tough on him. I have to say, because you guys have been just excellent in terms of supporting uh, his craft and and, uh, his CBD. And he's just running to catch up, which is a good, that's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. It's better than having a bunch of stuff sitting around and not being able to move anything. So he is in production for the gummies. He was hoping to get more gummies for the show, Uh, was not able to to get them there in time, Uh, but he had plenty of other things. So I think the gummies are coming back in. And I do believe that our uh, um, 15 minutes of flame, white label product will be coming next as well. So let's just go into Chris's website here because I always love to take a look at his website in the morning. It's really relaxing. Gives us the uh, the calming effect of Mother Nature, Jasper. What do you think? Would you like to be in a place like this? Would you like to be in a place like that? I think you'd be freaked out. You would be freaked out. I don't know if you could handle it. I don't know if you could handle it. You'd have to be adopted by a group of small jungle cats, and they could they could welcome you into their little jungle cat tribe. But this is a uh, true hemp sciences website and uh, you can find all their products over here. Uh, true backslash 23 true hemp uh, backslash 23. And if you're looking for really, I think some of the best CBD that you can get out there. Uh, this is your source type in one five mins. That's one five capital M I N S and you'll get a, uh, free product on top of the uh, $100 order uh, you need to spend in order to get to that free product level. And then at 150, you get free shipping. So you may as well just go free shipping and uh, and get the free product as well. And set yourself up for a month or two with the CBD products. All right. Let's get into Chattaria. Yes, your friends. You got to meet all your Chattarian friends, didn't you? You sure did. They were so happy to see you. And you met new friends, too, didn't you? Yes, you did. All right, let's see what we have here. Uh, we got Michael Papper. What's going on, Michael? Sony. Hi, Sony. Ryan, back on the ground, back east. C.C. Jones, something tells me I missed a really great event. That's something with me, I think. Uh, let's There's Dimples. What's going on, Dimples? Good to see you. Wendy says, morning, Wendy. Always lovely to see Wendy. Top of the morning. Uh, let's see. JJ. Hi, JJ. Happy Tuesday. Let's see who else we have. Nicholas Grimm. Morning, everyone. Hope you're well. So, Nicholas, I got you. I'm, I got you confused with Evan, who's... Goes by the last name of Grimm as well. And I know that you're two separate entities. That's why I thought you were going at one point. It was the grim factor. Good morning, Nicholas. Good to see you. Uh, there's my man, Tom. What's going on, TJ? Uh, love inner secrets. That's a good record. I love, I, I, I dig that period of Santana. Uh, the inmates are running the asylum and they're playing with matches and gasoline. You ain't kidding, Michael. You, yeah, I, you know, I had to, so, you know, when I start back up, I have to make sure that I do everything right. Because what I don't want to get, so, okay, so here's what happens. There's a little tiny box that I have to check that says audio. And the times that you've heard, well, the times you've seen something and haven't heard it, that little box hasn't been checked. So, when you when I first start to get back into streaming, and Even if, if it's like for a few days, like like what happened from, oh, I'd say Thursday through, what was the last day I streamed Tuesday last week. I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday to today. It, it's like it's like muscle memory. I know it's a tiny, it's just a little tiny thing, but it's like oh, did I check the box? Because I'd rather have musicus interrupt us, than play the entire song, and not have it because I can hear it on my end. See, that's, that's the problem. I can hear it on mine, but you can't always hear it on your end. Right. And Jasper, you can't hear it at all, can you? No argument here, Michael. Let's see. Uh, hey, Fran, Brian, Sony, Tom, Wendy. Uh, let's see, who do we have here? Meta. Hey, there's Michael. What's going on, Michael? Good to see you. Huckabuck411, what's happening? What's happening? Let's see, who else do we have? Da, 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 da. Renee, hi Renee, good morning to you. Hi everyone, I missed, I can't scroll uh, back uh, too well on this thing, laugh out loud. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? That's some yacht. Yeah, it's just dark yacht. Greg Walker. Uh, Greg Walker's big. friends all over. Greg Walker is underrated as a vocalist. Really underrated as a vocalist. He might have been one of my favorite Santana vocalists. Greg Walker. Uh, let's see who else we have. Yes, the show has started. Mister Kia. Hey, hey, hey! There she is. In cyber world, let's see who else do we have. Equa, what's going on, Equa? Morning, equacentric. Uh, Shirley, Shirley Losiava was great. It was great meeting her. A lot of fa- lot of lot of names to faces, faces to names. There is DJMC, Michael Dino. Always a big presence. Kanye has won the years. Controlled resistance war. Take your bet, uh, son. How crazy worlds will make things worse for all of us. Um, yeah, we're going to get into it. I know. I can't help it. It is, it is green dew. It is, it is ectoplasmic green dew. For sure. Dark. Robert's camera doesn't like his favorite color. I know, Right. Isn't that a fucked up thing? So I can't wear blue. Slept great for manifestor. manifesto. How could you not? I had the weirdest dreams last night. Weirdest dreams. Hey, it's Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Good to see you. Mark S yes is here. Hi, Mark. Hope we get to see you next year. That'd be awesome. Uh, let's see. Yeah, boy, swapping the deck. Now, Johnny, Johnny is... Johnny's doing the heavy metal work. Yacht Boy is doing the heavy metal work. Is there a connection between Megatron and Metatron? I don't think so. I don't think so. You may have to reach down and find it. Uh, Condensed love stuff. We see each other. Yep, I agree with that. Robert puts on a good party. That's what it's about. It's a good party. It's a really good party. And everybody... Everybody falls in love with each other. For almost everybody. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't always happen. Sometimes. People, you know, people bring their stuff, right? People bring their stuff. But I would say 99% of the people all fall in love with each other. There's Don Renee Hart, the Leo queen. And uh, is Maurice around, Maurice 100, or is he back on his way to uh, Florida? Let's see, who else do we have? L- Lara, it's Lara, 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 L-A-R-A, Lara. She's great. She's totally great. David Hawk is here. Hey, good morning. It was amazing to meet many of you at the meetup. I have never felt a group's energy like that before. Yeah, man, it was, it was great to meet you too, David um awesome energy it was a great astrological weekend uh, the first rule of yacht cult is it is okay to sing not yacht songs Chad I think you got that right I mean how you know what kind of an asshole would I would be if I said you know you can't sing that you can't sing that you have to sing this firefall song that would just be you know I would be a dictator. I'd be, I'd be a dictator. I'd be telling people what to sing and not what to sing. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? The star of the weekend. Well, Jasper, He he, held, he had an audience, man, at the house. I got a picture of Jasper. <laughs> I'll put it up on the show tomorrow. It's Jasper, he's on the lap of this a uh, young woman who came to the to the uh, she didn't come to the event, but she came to the barbecue after. And Jasper's on his uh, on her lap, and he's got so she's petting him, and he's got two other women petting him, and it's like Jasper's having a threesome. You were having a threesome, weren't you, sneaky fellow? All right, who else do we have? Tamra's here. Hi, Tamra. Hope to see you again soon, one of these days. Oh, let's see. Yeah, the weekend after Columbus Day. Good for Chris. Yeah, Chris. Look like at Meta says Moon Dust is the shit. It is the shit. He he found the secret formula with that. It was all beautifully crafted merchandise, right, Don? It was great. I just I love it when our community can bring what they bring to the event. It's fantastic. You get to meet the vendors. Uh, The vendors are engaged in the production of their own products. You know, this is kind of how the world works. Uh, Imagine a movie about the first house cat that was fitted with a collar so we could understand it speaking to us. And it became president. Didn't they make a movie about that, Jasper? There was that movie from... uh, Disney about a cat from space. That darn cat, you remember that? It was about a cat who comes from outer space and who is telepathic. I think it's that darn cat. Maybe I can play the trailer for it. Uh, let's see who else we have. Jake, what's going on, Jake? Yes, you must, you must, you must, you must come next year. You must come next year. We hope to see you next year. Uh, I love my Dawn is a good hugger. It's that that big Leo heart. Loki, Loki, I sincerely invite you to watch Rumble video by Predator Poachers. Uh, I was attacked and choked at a vaccine symposium by Big Pharma Zombie Simp. It would be worth it. You low key, low key, you, you know how to lay a bird turd on, on, a, on a conversation, don't you? You have a special gift for that, and for that, we love you. Uh, let's see, Jasper on me. He, he does, it, he's a nuzzler. Uh, let's see, yes, Michael, you're welcome for your jacket. Um, so more just in case you're, uh, uh, Wondering Maurice will be staying with Dawn until Sunday. Just everyone who's curious about where Maurice will be for the next few days, you'll find him at Dawn's. Uh, Let's see, painfully, lesson learned, never go to a drug dealer symposium. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, who else do we have? Anybody else new? Anybody else here, let's see. Hey, there's Janine. What's going on, Janine? Good to see you. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. Who else? We're going through. Oh, is Steve here? Steven House? Just made it back to Florida. Good. Welcome back. Uh, let's see. We Laura was the first person I met this year. Laura is, Laura was a supermodel, and uh, she told some interesting stories about her friend Giselle Bunchen. I hope I'm not shadow banned, but I might be. I know I kind of pushed the edge in the chat room, all in hopefully productive fun. Who knows? Well, I know that yeah, I know, and I know where the, I know where the line is. Let's see who else do we have. <clears throat> David hung out with Maurice and I a lot. Yeah, good. Yeah, David. David was uh, pretty generous with this time. Beth Barry, what's going on, Beth? Good to see you. Um, let's see. Got, yeah, David is cool. David is very cool. All right, I think we got all of our hellos in, so we can go. We can go back. To the topic at hand. Yeah, sorry about the green goo thing. I got to. I have to start. Well, it's fall. I guess I can start wearing browns and 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 uh, ambers and golds and. Right, Jasper. You and I can match. You and I can match. You're just having a good old time here, aren't you? I guess we should talk about. There's somewhat You know. You. So I drop out of the kind of the, the media world for a few days when I do something like this, which is a really good thing because I get to actually connect with people and be in 3D space and, but it's also, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but then I got to catch up. And when I, and it's like, now I got to play catch up ball because so much shit has happened uh, since, you know, we kind of just dropped out of the world and we're, we're in bliss world for about three days. So the Kanye thing, which is obviously the title of the show, is is interesting for a number of reasons. And if you go back to the Sunday night show that I did, which was, what, about three weeks ago now, I said they were going to come after Kanye. When they have that, that Mars transit, which is going forward, but it's going to station and it's going to retrograde on Halloween. I predicted that Kanye would would do a backpedal and that he he would do what Kanye does, which is reverse course, but then he could reverse course again later on. So this is an interesting development. He was on the, uh, uh, what is it, the drinks, the, the drink pros or the drink—I don't—I don't know. It's some fucking show about drinking uh, on Revolt, which is Puff Daddy's uh, cable network. And I—I I remember when they put Revolt on, like the the cable systems, meaning Comcast or. And it's not like like Austin Cable, where you have your own little private public access TV station, but it's an actual slot. Now, they gave that to him, and I don't know what his deal is in terms of actually putting up money for that. Because when he got revolt, it was, in my estimation, it was a diversity move. Like, and they did this with another station, too. I think it might have been a, uh, a Latino, Hispanic station. And I remember, I haven't had cable in a long time. But I remember they both came on at the same time. And that one was given to, I believe, Robert Rodriguez, who, for I, I don't know if he still lives in Austin, but he lived in Austin for a long time. And uh, you know a lot of his movies. Um, he did uh, the zombie film with... Uh, George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, uh, he's, he's done a ton of movies. Uh, he did the El Mariachi movie, right, with uh, Antonio Banderas. So we, he was actually given a channel to promote Hispanic, Chicano, and Latino culture at the same time that, that Sean Combs is given Revolt. And I remember kind of watching some of the programming back then on both of them, just to try to take the temperature. And the Rodriguez stuff was it was okay. Um, it wasn't like you, you know he was just trying to it was we're gonna we're gonna be kind of kind of Latino centric, right? The, the Revolt stuff was more edgy and was getting into territory that was uh, I mean kind of like hardcore. Yeah, it was there. I, I felt like I, I remember seeing programming in Revolt and it felt like felt like grooming. It was like grooming young hip-hop gang, like young hip-hop gang members, or you know, gang members through hip-hop. I mean, it felt like there was a grooming element that was going on with Revolt. And there's a grooming element in hip-hop anyway. Hip-hop is a grooming genre, that's, that's what it does. It takes um, young, young men, and women too. I mean, it's not just men, but women too. It takes young men, who are fatherless, who have no social or moral rudder in their lives, and replaces them with, you know, gangbangers. Um, you know, at, at one point, it was the guy in the corner. It was, it was the guy in the corner. The guy in the corner became the archetype or the, the, the image that the young men in the in the neighborhood aspired to. Because the guy in the corner sold drugs. And he drove a nice car and he had money. And the guy in the corner probably had a little side thing going on with women and pimping, right? So this was the model of success in the hood. Because it was flashy, wads of cash, right? Bling, bling, bling. And that just got translated into hip hop. So the guy in the corner was now being beamed into everybody's living room all across the country. Of course, you could listen to the guy in the corner. So this is what happened with, with hip-hop. And who was I talking, I was talking to somebody about this over the weekend. Forgive me if for my memory it just doesn't click in right now. But what, oh yeah, oh yeah it was, it was uh, Mike. In California so what here's what happened back in the early 90s I mean early 90s you had two schools of hip-hop pretty much actually probably about three if you want to be boil it down you had kind of the the funny hip-hop you know, there was the hip-hop that had humor when you when you listen to baby got back or watch the video it's fucking funny. Right, funny. Uh, Digital Underground, Humpty Dance. It's funny. Biz Marquee. using using the uh, Chubby Checker, not Chubby Checker, a Fats Domino sample. Just a friend. Funny. Even Tone Locus funny. Like there's a there's a humorous thread that's going through hip hop. It's there's some funny shit. And I, at that time, I, I would watch Yo! MTV raps because I wanted to see what was going on culturally. And there was some early hip hop from that period that I actually really liked. I was into like De La Soul, The Jungle Brothers. Done by the Forces of Nature is a great record by The Jungle Brothers, by the way. So there were some interesting things going on with hip hop. And like, all right, so we have the sampling um, and they're sampling things like rock and psychedelia and Um, They have these beats coming out, and some of the stuff is about everyday life, some about consciousness, you know, Tribe Called Quest, you know, comes into the mix. There were some cool things happening. So so you had the funny hip-hop, and then you begin to have conscious hip-hop, and that would be like Public Enemy, you know, the political fight the power stuff. Uh, and there was some funny stuff in Public Enemy, too, Flavor Flav. So it wasn't completely without you, but like, what time is it? The big fucking watches and everything. You know, it was kind of funny shit. So there was that. There were those two kinds of schools. And then all of a sudden, and you'd have groups like the Young Righteous Teachers, uh, X-Clan, who, who come out of the, the uh, 7%ers. Jay-Z comes out of the 7%ers as well, by the way. 7%ers which is like kind of a subset of the, uh, the Moorish science, right? Moorish science comes out of sort of the, 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 new, the American version of the nation, well, the nation of Islam. It's kind of a break off group from that. So there were some interesting things happening um, around that time. And then NWA hits and NWA changes the game. Completely changes the game because now they're talking about drugs, violence, South Central, and there's a fork in the road with hip hop. And you guys know the story. There was a vote. They had. A, they basically sat down. They being executives, people like Jimmy Iovine, uh, Jerry. Um, what's his name? The guy from. Uh, uh, from Priority Records, um, Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller, Jimmy Iveen, a lot of the, the industry guys who were you know, really investing in hip-hop and rap. They made a decision about the type of hip-hop and rap that they were going to promote. Remember, there's this fork-in-the-road moment, and it happens around... 1991, 1992, right around there. And they decide that they're going to promote gangster rap. And you guys know the story. The reason why they promoted gangster rap was because they were all invested in the private prison industry. These were corporate prisons that were privatized and subsidized by the state. They were invested in it, so what were they doing? They were making sure that through the music that they would get as many young black males incarcerated, so they could make money. And there, there's a record of that. There's you can find you don't have to search very far on the internet to find that. So when I uh, again, this is back when I was in the the music world, I always like these transatlantic flights because you really you get to sit next to somebody for a long period of time. And you could get to know them or... Oh, somebody's trying to call me. Philadelphia. Right. Got to end it. But you, you could get to know them. So one flight, I was flying to Germany. I sat next to this young guy who was a hip-hop journalist. And he had, I think he had a show on KPFA. And... You know, he this young guy was you know, kind of a ground floor hip hop guy. He knew a ton of stuff, and he completely corroborated everything that I'm saying. And this came out before the story came out that became viral on the internet. So we were talking about this uh, on the flight to uh, my flight to Germany. So all that stuff is real. You, you know, I heard about it before before it became public knowledge. But I also knew about it because it, it, it doesn't take somebody who's, you know, like a Sherlock Holmes, you know, to all of a sudden see, well, you were going in this direction and now you're going in this direction. And I, I just remember when Public Enemy just fell off. I think it was like one one album after Fear of a Black Planet. I think they toured a little bit with Anthrax. And that was it, they were, they were done. They had Rick Griffin, who was part of the group, and uh, Professor Griff, and they had to kick his ass out because why? He was talking about the same things that Kanye West is talking about now. So they canceled Rick Griffin and uh, Professor Griff has done a bunch of videos on uh, hip hop. They're on YouTube, hip hop, Uh, artists that have to do sacrifices of people that are close to people in hip-hop. He goes through a whole list of them, right? Uh, He also has a pretty good esoteric and occult knowledge of things. So that already happened once. He got canceled. He got canceled pretty early on. But that's where hip-hop went, right? And it became the whole idea that now, they're not just promoting music like uh, Cop Killer by, uh, what's his name? The Ice guy, Ice-T. He has band Body Count. It was like this metal band. They, They had Cop Killer. And I worked at a record store when that record came out. And they played it over the loudspeakers of the record store for everybody here, I fucking hated it. And it's like, it was just the, the, the vibration and the negativity was so bad. It was so bad. And isn't it ironic that the guy who wrote that song, Cop Killer, and sings about cop killing, winds up on a show where he plays a cop? I always thought that that's like one of the greatest ironies of our time. He had a career on a plane. What is it? The Law and Order. He was on one of the Law and Orders, right? It's like, oh, yeah, iced tea. He's legit. So there's that. And then you have the influx of crack cocaine that comes into the United States. It's huge. You know, we were watching a documentary on what was going on with um, the gangs in LA. And This is a true story. This is an absolute true story. There would be these trains that would go through South Central, and they would stop. And the the doors of these trains would open, and there would be weapons galore inside these trains. And the gang members knew they were coming, right? They knew they were coming. It reminded me of that scene in Zardoz, you know, when when the the Zardoz head flies into the out the uh, outer lands where all the wild savages are and starts spitting out rifles and pistols, and then they pick them up and you know they 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 wreak mayhem. That's what it reminded me of. It's the same deal. It's like here comes the train, open up the door. There's there's your guns. So they they provided the armies of the inner cities with their own weaponry. And then of course they're they're, they're gonna get into turf wars. And, you know, it's it, it's the whole thing is socially engineered. Completely socially engineered. And then you have crack cocaine which is now starting to just ruin absolutely ruin black america you got hip hop music which is pr- which is promoting very dark valleys. Remember, they decided that they were going to go in a different direction. So they provided everything. They have the soundtrack, the programming, they have the drugs, they have the illicit underground economy, they've got the prison system set up. It's, it's a perfect mix. Perfect mix. This is exactly what happened. And then at a certain point, they, they said, okay, well, this is working so well. We're just going to keep investing in this. And we may not be bringing up uh, crack cocaine from from, uh, Central America now, but the destabilization factor and the grooming, which is chaos, which is, again, more potential to fill their private prisons. But now, since there's a, a conscious decision to catch and release. Right now it's happening. Now now you, now, you have killers on the streets instead of in the private prisons. And then what, what will they do then? They'll, they're fine with that. Because they'll be, the, they'll be the front guard of destabilizing. You saw Summer Floyd. You saw it. You saw it all. This is what happened. And what's interesting about hip hop, and I I mentioned this before, and I I think I talked a little bit about it at the the event, is hip hop is not a music of rebellion. It is not. Rock and roll is a music of rebellion. And what happened to rock and roll? They flushed it. They flushed it. So you have this music or this genre in hip hop which glorifies really base values. It glorifies money, it glorifies violence, it glorifies sex, to some degree abuse. There's nothing rebellious about it. Nothing, nothing. It's conformity to the lower octaves of the system and then you have country music, which has kind of replaced rock and roll. And country music is a music of conformity. I'm sorry. You know, I've, I've gotten to like country music a little bit better since I've been in Texas. But it's a music of conformity. Country music has values. God, family. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. As far as I'm concerned, those, are, those can be really good values. If you... Attend to them consciously, and not robotically. But it's not a musical rebellion, and I, it's like I've always whole like outlaw music thing. I'm like, what's outlaw about these guys? You know, like Rayley Jennings and Willie Nelson, and uh, who else is part of that? Merle Merle Haggard, like the you know, I know the outlaw country. I, I'm trying to figure out where the outlaw part of it is. It because they smoke dope. Is that what makes them an outlaw? There are very few country western songs I've ever heard that tackle things that are, let's just call them decidedly un-American. All right, so we know that hip-hop has been engineered, socially engineered, it's, and uh, Kanye is a part of that. And he comes out of Chicago, which is uh, wasn't always known as a hip-hop hotbed. Back in the day, you had L.A. and you had New York. And you'd have some other scenes that would pop up. Oakland, you had kind of an East Bay scene. Uh, You had, uh, let's see who is, Too Short was from from the East Bay. Um, Who's the other guy from Vallejo? And then you had a whole weird scene with drifting and the whipping with cars, that all comes up. M.C. Hammer's from Oakland. So there was, you know, kind of a scene there, LA, New York. And then Atlanta pops up, Atlanta beans have a bit of a scene, and then Houston has a little bit of a scene, like the other boys. But Chicago doesn't really have much of a hip-hop scene for a while. And then you have common, and then you have Kanye coming out of Chicago. So he pops onto the scene. And you know, Kanye's starts off in that kind of that kind of conscious hip-hop world a little bit, you know. That's where, he, that's where he begins is, I remember the first time I saw Kanye was on the Dave Chappelle show. So he starts off in that, in that genre, and then eventually he hooks up with Jay-Z. And that's where he goes into like black, black Yeezus, right? And he and Jay-Z get into this polar opposition astrologically with Gemini Sagittarius, uh, Jay-Z being the Sagittarius. And they do these enormous shows which are just absolutely filled with all these occult, uh, some, the occult, like one of the people, it's a woman, She's I, her name escapes Kate. she's a pretty famous designer. And she was one of the uh, designers of the uh, London Olympics in 2012, which was just an occult carnival, right? She was the one that designed a lot of the stuff with Jay-Z and Kanye, there was a lot of black cube symbolism and it was clearly uh, a a an occult, dark occult Saturnian esoteric roadshow, and this goes all the way back to the traveling circuses and the minstrel shows, back towards the uh, before the turn of the century, and that's exactly what those shows were about. They were they were they were like programming, even even stuff like when we talked about this before with uh, Buffalo Bill, it was all programming programming people about the idea of the Wild West. And this is how the West actually was. Well, was it? It's the same thing. I mean, this is when you get into a tour and you have these people that are going out and they're disseminating ideas. They're, they're seeding ideas. And, and when you get into that world and you're dealing with things like subsonic frequencies in the music, this is a whole kind of new level of technology. I do believe they've, all, they've been able to embed messaging and frequencies of music for a long time. But it's just become way more sophisticated and way more intentional. So you have subsonic frequencies, you have the bass, you have all this stuff going on, you have the programming, you have the symbolism. And, and, and so Kanye was, here, let me see if I can find a picture. I'll show you. Let me give you a, a, uh, an eyeball so you can understand what I'm talking about. This is a perfect example of it. OK, the woman's name is Ez Devlin. And this is a kind of a, a foggy picture, right? Here, let me see if I can I'll bring this up here. Interesting name, huh? Es Devlin. It is Devlin. So Jay-Z and Kanye would be in these cubes. And there'd be the laser show and, and you know the audience would be around these cubes and they'd go back and forth and they can project images on there and turn them into, uh, into uh, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? Two performers perched on massive video cubes were up here showing sharks and rottweilers. They could do so so Jay-Z and Kanye were on these cubes and they can project images, but they're all dark Saturnian cubes. This is all this is all Saturn worship, right? It's all Saturn worship. And this was a huge tour. So this is the woman, the London-based Devlin, creates commercial spectacles. So she was involved in the uh, 2012 Olympics. So Kanye goes through a really dark phase there, and he is he is deep into Black Jesus. Right, he's a Gemini. He's going to go through. Now he's coming out the other side of this thing, and he's got his you know his church and everything. I don't know really how I truly feel about that. Well, let's let's fast forward to where he is now, because that's really the kind of the bulk of the show. We may go over a few other things, but he was on Drink Champs. I wonder if I get a video of it here. Let's see if I can find it. The show has been since taken down because he was going all in. It's been taped, but there may be some. Uh... Let's just see what we got here. That was from last year. So there's the full interview of Drink Champs. Um, I don't want to play the full interview. Let's see what happens if I'm going to click on this? Let's see what happens. Let's see if it's there. So it is still there. It's got 19,000 views. So this is the show that he was just on. And the rapper Noriega was, uh, he's the host of the show. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna get into this. It's just, it's a three hour kind of rambling Kanye. Notice that he has 2024 on his bill. He wants to run for president in 2024. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna put the link in chat Maybe one of you guys, if you know how to download these things, uh, maybe, maybe one of you guys can download those. Because I think that would be useful to have, just as part of the part of the record. So I'm just gonna put that in there, and I'll try to download it after the show. I just can't do it now. So this is Drake Champs. That was the show he was on with Nori. This is on Diddy's Revolt channel. So what are some of the things he said that raised the ire of people? We talked about George Floyd. And this is where Kanye, I think, this is where he gets into trouble because he doesn't always have the facts straight. And I think, I think he's dangerous in this regard. Not dangerous in the sense that he's uh, challenging the, the, the publicly held notions or assumptions of what happened. He's dangerous because he fucks up information. And he, what he thought, is, it's fascinating to kind of watch this. So he talks about George Floyd, and he talks about the fact that he, has, uh, he had fentanyl in his system. And the fentanyl was the thing that that killed him. So when you listen to Kanye, it's like, it's kind of like listening to, I'm going to say this, it's kind of like listening to a gatekeeper. Because you'll get 80% meat and you'll get 20% filler. And... The 20% filler isn't always the best thing for you. So what Kanye's rant was on Drink Champs was that George Floyd was with his buddy uh, earlier that day, and he said, they want somebody tall like me. They want to get a tall brother like me. And this is Kanye's story. And And so that day they were praying together. Like, I don't know, is that true or not? is it Kanye said i don't know but what he's trying to say was that during that day right during that day the, the 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 vision or the the paranoid fear of somebody like George Floyd who said they want to come after a tall guy like me came true and then then he says And that's when they hit him with the fentanyl. So Kanye is insinuating that there was a conspiracy. And the conspiracy had to do with the cops that hit him with fentanyl. Now, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to think that George Floyd was probably a drug user and that he might have indulged in fentanyl. I would, I, it's not that far of a But fentanyl is very, very powerful and can kill you. That's how powerful it is. And he also had, like, apparently, a methamphetamine in his system as well. And then there's a video of him in the store where he's kind of fucking around. The convenience store. Was it the Something Cups? Anyway, then he goes on to say that Derek Chauvin's knee was not on his neck. So he's he's saying that there was a conspiracy to kill him by hitting him with fentanyl. But then he, he says that the, the, uh, the knee to the neck is not responsible for his death. The fentanyl is. And he's implying that They, they, whoever the they is, wanted somebody tall, a big guy, like, uh, like George Floyd. I, I mean, it's so. This is where you get into problems with Kanye, because he's talking about something that's probably worth talking about. He has a platform for it, but then when you go into his information. I feel like it's it scrambled like, like his brains in a lot of ways. Like, you're not getting everything. You're getting something, but you're not getting everything. Uh, and I think that's problematic. So now, apparently, George Floyd's family is suing Kanye West for $250 million. Now, Kanye West said that he was going to and he did, he, he put enough money together to put George Floyd's daughter through college. I don't know how old she is, but he did that. He gave money to Breonna Taylor's family. So Kanye West has not been MIA when it comes to this stuff. So now George Floyd's family is suing him. And then apparently nobody ever went, nobody, none of them came back to Kanye and said, thank you. We appreciate it. None of that happened when he did it. None of it. So he's being Alex Jones. So this is this is a bit of a problem with Kanye because he'll te- he'll say things and then he'll be slightly off of the things that he says, and it, and it's kind of like he was. In his weird Gemini way, try, trying to alert people to the fact that what happened in Minneapolis didn't happen the way they said it happened. But he was also trying to paint George Floyd as a victim of some kind of conspiracy, which is, you know, I don't, I don't, I believe he is a, he, is he a victim of some kind of conspiracy or is he a participant in some kind of conspiracy? And that's always been the question and one that's not easily answered. However, and we spent a ton of time on this, when you look at all the inconsistencies with the the, the police cars, the angles, the license, none of it adds up. It almost looks like it was videotaped at different times. And I've said this, that it appears, I'll use, I have to be careful with my language now, that it appears to me like the body that George Floyd, the body of George Floyd, the one that Derek Chauvin theoretically has his knee on, it looks like a latex dummy. It appears to me to look like a latex dummy. And it has to do with how flat it is. And I don't want to get into the, the forensics. I, I've done a ton of stuff on that before. It, it just does not appear to me like a living. Body, it's it's, something's completely off about it. So he gets into it, and then he sort of mashes and jumbles things a bit. But the real thing that he's getting hammered on is uh, the JQ. Like he's going hard on the JQ. And Chad brought something up in chat, which is interesting, Um, which is you know, is he? being programmed to do this and to become you know divisive and crazy and essentially like like you know prove a point in some ways i don't know i don't know if that is entirely true but one of the things that i've said about this whole thing with kanye in the jq is that everybody who started crying, uh, crying wolf and calling him out as an anti Semite? Never really stepped back and asked the question, Well, why is he saying this? You, you, know, you, you have to remember Kanye West has been in the music business. Since, as far as I can remember, maybe like 2004, so going on 20 years. I think that was the first time I remember seeing Kanye West, and I think it was on the Dave Chappelle show. So we're going on 20 years in the music business, and the entertainment business in America. And I'm not, and I'm not stating anything that's a heresy, okay? The entertainment business in America has been Run mostly by Jews. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything that most people won't admit to. It's true. It, it, you can't. You know. You, you can't. You can't. It's like when you line everything up. You line all the record executives up. And you line all the entertainment executives. You know, you've got Steven Spielberg and. and uh, Uh, you know, David, what's his name? David Geffen, right? I mean, you just line it all up and it's like, wow, Barry Diller, wow. It's on the table. Clive Davis, it's on, it's all on the table. So he's stating the obvious. I'm not, I'm not doing anything that's, Sacrilegious. I was in the music business. And I knew people in the music business, Jewish, a lot of them were really good people. Some of them weren't. You'll find that with humanity. But Kanye stated the obvious. And what he, so he's got experience, he's got frontline experience in dealing with a particular group of people. And everybody in the entertainment industry knows that the music industry is the gutter. That was always the thing, right? Like people in the movie business, they were elevated. People in TV, they were elevated. People in publishing, they were music was the gutter, and the reason why music was the gutter was because it had uh, the executives with, I would say, the lowest degree of scruples. Like they would fuck anybody over. Anybody they would get, they would get musicians strung out on drugs this is what happened back in the jazz scene back in the 50s you had all these great jazz players who would get they get strung out on heroin and i my feeling is that a lot of that had to do with control and controlling their artists you know it's it's funny because for a long time i tried to understand what was the love affair between heroin and jazz musicians like, was it a cool thing? Was it because when they, when they produced jazz, you know, that they opened their souls, and their souls were raw, and they needed to somehow fill the empty space of their souls by shooting heroin? Well, John Coltrane didn't do that. John, John Coltrane was as clean as a whistle. Pharoah Sanders didn't do that. Rest in peace for Sanders, he just passed away. So there, you know, but there were others that did and it became a big deal, you know? I mean, there were a lot of guys that got hooked on heroin during that time. Miles Davis got hooked on heroin, spent, uh, he spent five or six weeks in, in his uh, father's barn in, in uh, Missouri, just heaving and drowning, he never went back again. Paul Horn, who I knew got hooked. It's a control device. It's a control device. If you're if you're high on heroin or you you have a heroin addict habit, really, how successful can you be? Don Cherry, who was a pretty good jazz musician, this is how this is how strung out he was. When he toured Europe, he was living in, if I'm not mistaken, he was living in France. When he toured Europe, he didn't want to bring his junk across the. Uh, the borders in these different countries. So between shows, Don Cherry would fly back to France and he would fix, and then he would go to his next gig and he'd be, you know, semi-straight. He did this the entire tour, probably spent all the money he made in a touring just flying back and forth, just so we can uh, do smack in France. But it was a control mechanism, just like that's what drugs do, they're control mechanisms. And again, if you go back and you look at the history of jazz and you know, was running the labels and who the managers were and all that shit. Well, you can begin to sort of do the math here. You know, and then, and all of this just moves forward, right? It all moves forward. So Kanye's got a bad taste in his mouth from dealing with people inside of the industry that he is calling out. And the, the reflexive action is just to yell anti Semite. Uh, and you guys know, you guys know the story, you've been watching this shit. anti-semite like this, anti-semite like that, and he also bought parlor along the way, which is another interesting factor here. Let's get into the parlor story a little bit because there's some interesting crossovers with parlor. Uh, so he owns Parlour now. Oh, look at this. Musk deletes meme of him, Trump, and Yay as the three Musketeers. I guess there was a meme of them together. So Elon, you can see where Elon Musk's bread is buttered. And I guess uh, Elon Musk is going to change the name of Twitter to X. Is it, isn't that a satanic symbol? So you have Truth, Social, Parlor, and X. And that was Elon Musk's meme. And he deleted it. So Elon and Yay might not be as down as Yay thinks. Who is the... Okay, so there's a crossover, I believe, with the CEO, George George Farmer. There's something about Candace Owens' husband in Parler. I'm going to have to go through more of this. I mean, I'm basically just getting back on the track here with the shows. Trying to get back into this uh, storyline. Okay. Um, Let's do this. I want to get into Candace Owens for a second. Because Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro are starting to be a bit of a crossroads. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Let's do some verification. So the the, the CEO of Parler is George Farmer. That is Candace Owens' husband. He's the CEO. And I'm wondering like where this is all going with uh, Kanye West, Parler, Candace Owens, like, can, can Candace Owens handle the heat? Can she handle the heat? Because Kanye's getting canceled right and left. So um, here's the white life that matters most to uh, Candace Owens. So this guy owns Parlor. And um, it's like he's a Brit blue blood. No, let's see, no birth date on him. So, so, you have this really interesting dynamic going on with that little shit Ben Shapiro. I can't fucking stand Ben Shapiro, by the way. This is really the thing that's gonna out these alt-right people like Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro and uh, Jordan Peterson, right? These alt-right people, alt light people, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about things like cancel culture. they will talk about all the, you know, kind of low-hanging fruit, right? But once Kanye moves into this lane, you know, they're, they're okay, dude, we're, we're off that bus. One of the reasons is because nobody wants to get canceled. And I think Kanye is proving a point by what he's doing. I think he's absolutely proving a point by what he's doing. And uh, so they don't want to get canceled. And the other thing is, you know, in Dave Rubin's and uh, Ben Shapiro's case, you know, they, they have a religious and tribal allegiance. They're not going to, they're not going to. Isn't it funny? We, we've had, what, what have we had? We've had uh, Brexit. Candace Owens started Blexit, right? Do you think somebody will start Jukes it? I don't think that'll happen. I don't know if there's somebody out there who has the, the balls to do jukes it. And Kanye West may just completely self-immolate here. His t-shirts aren't being made. He, was, he had a deal with uh, Dove Charney and Dove is the guy that does American apparel, who's a total fucking pervert, by the way. <laughs> There was this story about Dove Charney way way back in the day, and he was lighting the uh, fashion world on fire because he was getting T-shirts made in America. That's made in America, right? Basically, what he did is he opened—I would say there were sweatshops, but he, but he got you know Hispanic women. You know, I'm not gonna say they're illegal to work at his shops, so he kept the wages down. and He made T-shirts, you know, American apparel made in America, and there was this one woman who came in to do an interview with him. And she she was doing an interview and he had, I, I, I don't know if it was a girl, whoever this woman was, but he had this woman essentially giving him a blow job while she was giving him the interview. There's your, there's your uh, executive for American Apparel. Anyway, he canceled Kanye's t-shirt deal. Right, and so he, for Kanye, This is confirmation about what he's talking about. So the big picture now is that we're having a conversation. Jason Whitlock uh, dedicated a show yesterday to a big part of this and being able to have conversations. See, this is where I hope everything goes because the vice grip around speech ultimately Leads us right to where we are now. Who made all the anti, you know, the the uh, the hate speech laws? It was the ADL. They did it. They're the ones that, in anticipation of this moment in time, that we're facing. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I don't know if she's watching this show, but uh, I had a moment at the conference and I have to wrap this show up here, but I'm I'm gonna share it really quickly. There was somebody who was a part of the conference, lovely person and looks like I'll probably do an event with her uh, in Tucson, I really liked her. And so we're talking about some of these things and she, you know, says, well, I'm Jewish. Okay, well, let's let's talk about it, right? So we started to talk about some of the stuff. And by the time that we were walking out of the restaurant, she said to me, "You know, I was never really comfortable with that term, Zionism. I don't like I don't like that term." And she says, "I'm a firm believer in the state of Israel, but I'm not. A, I don't like that term." So what was interesting is that here I here I was talking, and somebody chiming in and said, "Well, this is you know who I am. This is my world. And so how you know how do we have an intelligent conversation about these things?" And by the time and she drove me back to the hotel, she's a lovely person, but but by the time we walked up to the to pay our bill, you know she's basically questioning this term, right? And this is what we have to do. I, I've been talking about this for a long time. There should be no sacred cows. If we're going to live in this world, fallen or not, demiurge, gnostic world rex mundi reigned or not we have to have everything on the table it all needs to be on the table all of it right all of it we can't have a limited hangout for truth how we approach it how we talk about it you know how we table it that's an exercise and unless we can talk about everything it not be canceled, and have the, 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 the vice grip of self-expression get tighter and tighter. The tighter it gets, I'm telling you right now, the more people are going to believe in Kanye West. Trust me on this. The tighter it gets, the more people will say he was right. And they'll look around, and they'll look around, and they'll look around, and they'll say, you know what? Privately, they'll agree. Publicly, they won't. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose their bank accounts. So this is me. It all has to be on the table, all of it, all of it. Black, white, brown, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, it's got to all be on the table. We have to talk about all of it and not be afraid to be canceled and not be afraid to hurt each other's feelings as a result of it. Does everybody want to talk about it? Does everybody want it on the table? No, they don't. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Because at some point, the table becomes a chopping block. All right. I'm supposed to leave you something positive. Here, I'll leave you this. Right here. Give me a dose of your positivity. Give me a dose of your positivity. There you go. All right, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, and we'll follow up a little bit on the Kanye stuff, and we'll start to map out some shows. Friday, we got the Kremis. Uh, they'll be here, and uh, looking forward to our show with them on uh, the Friday forecast. And that's about it. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to state when what's possible. Thank you for being here. I'm Robert Phoenix. It's great to be back, and I'll take care of the uh, green glow tomorrow. Bye for now.